You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al Powder and Maddie D. All right, everybody, welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 239, as always, presented by studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out everything on studentunionsports.com happening right now from the daily blogs to all the podcasts, including the Is It Saturday Yet podcast, which covers all you need to know about college football, whether it is breaking down a conference, whether it is telling you who to uh, bet and win money from. They got all your college football needs, as well as the excuse me, Chasers podcast, which has all your general gambling needs. And then, of course, the Yellow Card podcast, which has everything that you need to know about the soccer world, from the EPL to the MLS and all the other soccer leagues that you could dream of. Al DeGigan here, Maddie Burnett here, no powder tonight, Take being a good son, taking his mother out for his birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Cadmus. Happy birthday, Mrs. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Powder. Happy birthday, Mrs. Powder. I thought for a second you were going to say happy birthday. It's going to be like, dude, really? <laughs> say it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So oh, part of the script, Al. You didn't fucking put that in there today, you, you dingus. Oh, I'm sorry. You need to be told everything in scripted because that's what you're used to. You're used to reading long scripts and playing a character. Got it. Okay. That makes sense now. Okay. Almost like I do that for a living. Yeah. Almost like, you know, you're paid to do that, you know? All right. But yeah. <laughs> oh, what we're not paid to do is talk about this Patriots team. We should be for all the time and energy that we take to do it. So we are going to talk about the Patriots and the Dolphins game. We're going to preview the Jets game. And we got a big Red Sox tidbit that hit late last week that, of course, we have to talk about because it could change the course of the franchise. And that's not even an exaggeration. So let's yeah. get into it. So. New England Patriots took on the Miami Dolphins week two night football at Gillette Stadium. Came away with a 24-17 loss to the Dolphins. That now drops the Patriots to 0-2 on the season. First time they've been 0-2 since their first Super Bowl year in 2001. And I'm going to give an opening take here. I'm sick of the moral victories. I'm sick of the, oh, you know, we were right there. And, oh, we hung tough with, with an AFC contender. Though That can be true. You did hang around with the Dolphins. That can be objectively true. But at this point, you need to start winning those games against teams that you are in the game with. Just look at the past couple of years. The Miami game back in 2021 to open up Matt Jones' career. You had a chance to win that game. What happens? Damian Harris fumbles the ball. I was there in person for it. There you go. Look look at what happened in 2022 with some of those games. I know the, the offense was dumpster fire last year. But even so, you had a chance to beat Cincinnati on Matty B's. I believe that was on your birthday, right? That was on my birthday. You're right. Yeah. So that was that day. So that's okay. Yeah. So on Matty B's birthday, which is Christmas Eve, got in a hole against the Bengals, had a chance to win the game. Expect all of you uh, listeners now to send me a gift to the Legends Lingo Studios now. Yeah. So send him a send him a birthday gift on December twenty fourth. But anyways, so Patriots lose that game on a Ramondre Stevenson fumble. They lost the the Vegas game last year on that stupidity from Jacoby Myers, who is now with the Raiders. And then this year, you have a chance to beat Philly. Keishon Bowie doesn't keep his feet in bounds. And then, obviously, the Miami game, you have that that play where Mike Jacecki is a yard short of a first down to keep the drive alive late in the fourth quarter. Pitches it to Cole Strange. Cole Strange is down by maybe not even half a yard, maybe even like a quarter of a yard to getting that first down and keeping the game going. But... Excuse me, but it shouldn't come down to that. The problem with this team right now is that they are shooting themselves in the foot 
and they've been doing it for the past couple of years. They did it again against Miami. Mac Jones throwing, I know this wasn't the beginning of the game, but Mac Jones throwing a bad red zone pick when you were down two scores. You have third and one when you're down two scores and you're calling a, a halfback toss five yards away from the line of scrimmage when you can just do a halfback dive or a quarterback sneak to keep that drive alive. That didn't happen. Kendrick Bourne drops a pass that could get the Patriots in the red zone, goes right off his hands. There's just too many mistakes. And that's the part that's frustrating to me. Do I think that this football team can still be good as far as being, you know, winning some games? Yes, I do. But you can't do it with this current method that you're doing of playing well enough to be in the game, but then not executing down the stretch and putting yourself in a hole early in the game. That equates to what you've done the first two weeks and lost. And now you're going to be going to play a Jets team that has a good defense. But we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So that's my little rant on the game. Maddie, I know you and I talked about this. I know that you've had a lot of things to say. You've had a couple days to let it fester and kind of let it marinate. So I want to hear from you, your overall thoughts on this week two loss to Miami. Like what David Andrews says, got to stop playing. You know, he's sick of playing from behind immediately. They got to they gotta stop. They, 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 they got to stop. Like, I don't get why every so far, our two games into the season, both games, we have to suddenly be down by two scores immediately. Like, what is the issue here? What is the what? What? Why? Why is that part of your game plan now? Because it really seems like they want to play from behind to look like they can be a team that can come back and win. That's what it's looked like so far, and they've struck out twice so far. How can you trust this team to win on the road where they can't even win at home? Right. Even yes, it's the Jets who don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, but still, how can you trust them to go to a go to MetLife and? Beat the beat the Jets on the road. Who, by the way, uh, this they beat Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo eh, has not looked like the well. They looked like the Buffalo we all thought they'd be last week because they're playing the Raiders. But still, they got three. Uh, Jordan Whitehead three picks alone against Josh Allen in Week One, and then I mean, Dallas is Dallas in the beginning of the year. They look like the Super Bowl contenders every year to start off the month of September, but. How can this? How can how can the Patriots be trusted to go on the road and win a game when you can't even do it at home? How can they be trusted? That's a and you know what? That's a fair criticism. It is because you should be able to take care of business at home. Mac Jones twice they had on opportunities to do it twice. Right, they didn't do it either time because they get they they get a gift of a drive and they and they shit themselves when they get close to the end zone. Yep, and Mac Jones in games at Gillette, I think. Is like seven and twelve at home or something like that, and obviously not all of it's on him. Let's let's make that clear. You know he's made his mistakes, and we know he's made his mistakes. But you should be in the other direction. And Max also zero and twelve, and uh, when you're down by two scores, didn't know that. So that's that. Yeah, he's zero he's and twelve. He hasn't won a game. He hasn't won a game like that yet. He's zero and twelve, and it's sad because that's what we expect, right? When the Patriots go down multiple scores, it's like well, it's game's over. Game's over. Like, you can't come back from that. And then, again, just going back to the mistakes. Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, catches the ball over the middle, makes a nice cut to go toward the right side of the field, and then Bradley Chubb forces a fumble. Everyone in America knew that Pop Douglas was going to fumble that football. Yeah, I saw I saw that coming a mile away. And Mac, um, for the record, 0-12 when opponents have scored 25 or more points. Yeah, that's the, that's the stat that I heard. Which I yeah, mean... That's the, yeah, that's the one. But, yeah, I was... But still, regardless... 
First of all, why is why is your defense giving up 25 points? And then on top of that, why can't Mac figure it out? So even, if it's in a, even if it's in a shootout, you can't do it. So I'm not gonna come here. I'm not I'm not gonna come here and be like, all right, you know, it's time for Zappy. I'm not doing that. I'm not no 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 no. But gotta get better. He's still making some throws that he shouldn't be making in his third year of the league. Um he need, he needs to start feeling pressure in the pocket. He needs to get better at that. There were some I get it. Cole Strange had a strange night. He did not have a night that he did not have a night that he should have had. He did not have a good night. But still. Mac need, Mac needs to he needs to get used to maybe, okay, I can't trust my offensive line. Sucks that it has to be like that. But look what Tua did the other night. Quick throws, quick throws. Mac might might need to do that now for the passing game to, to do well. Enough maybe not do a long shot every now and then, but you know, downfield maybe if you have the chance to, but these quick throws that aren't, by the way, check downs. Don't check it down because then you know that's just all right, cool. But still, you got he's got to start feeling the pressure. He's got to start throwing the ball away. He's got to start doing better at that. He's no. got to. He can't be making throws like he did in the red zone on the Xavier Howard pick. He can't be making those kind of throws where it's immediately the the, the receiver has to play defense. He can't be doing that. It's year three, and it's his third year in the league. He needs to get better at that. Yes, that I agree with you on that Xavier Howard pick. Terrible throw by back. Bad decision, everything, can 100% agree with you. Where I would challenge you a little bit is not feeling the pressure because I think so far this year, in the two games, he's actually shown that in more scenarios this year than he did last year, he's starting to feel that pressure and being able to scramble out of the pocket. It's yet three. He needs to get better at it. But what do you... He still looks like a rookie sometimes. Okay, Maddie, Maddie, this is what I'm going to ask you. What else, and I'm asking this because I want a genuine answer. What else do you want him to do besides scramble out, try to put it in the hands? Because that Kendrick Bourne throw, that hit Kendrick Bourne right in the hands, I mean, sometimes it is on the receiver too. Some throws, yes, Mac has been off the mark and terrible. And throw the damn ball away. You can, There are some you can't throw the ball away when the pocket collapses in like a second. Like Mac Jones, for the most part, is getting rid of the ball. Take the damn intentional grounding then. Better than a sack. I, I can't agree with you on that. Better, you're better than a sack. But in general, get the ball away so you're not being sacked six, seven, eight yards behind the line. And oh, wait a minute. Yourself so you're at a second and 18, and you know a fucking run is coming from Bill O'Brien. Because so far in the two games that he's been here, he has shown that he is not being creative at all. I get it. You don't want to show your entire arsenal plays in two games. But still, where's the creative plays coming? When are they coming? Is it coming this week against the Jets? Fucking hope so because it's it, it it's it's a traditional bland offense that defenses know how to stop. So here's so here's what I'm gonna say about all that. The creativity part, okay, I can see that, right? Because there are just some play calls that you're like, again, I'll reference it, the third and one call where you're pitching the ball back. It's like, why don't you call a screen? Why don't in that scenario call a screen? Or why don't you call again halfback dive? You have Ramon less in the streets and kill Elias. You have both of them, right? You have both of them. Modern Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott that can scramble, that can rush for a yard, keep the drive going, and then you can keep moving the ball. That part is great. But even like some of the plays that Mac escaped, there was the one play where he had the 18-yard rush to keep the drive alive on third and long. He had that other play where he was in his own end zone. He scrambled out, had Jasicki downfield, missed him by a yard. So he's right there. The throws are right there. The point that I'm trying to make is it's tough when you can't 
have the time to throw the ball. Like, I think they averaged it out. Matt Jones literally has maybe like 2.03 seconds to throw the ball. And that's seriously how long you might need to throw the ball. But in general, if you want to be a quarterback, get it out like that or create a play with your legs. And if you get it out like that, here's the thing. If you get it out like that in two seconds, you're going to see a lot of what we've been seeing. A lot of slants, a lot of out routes, a lot of quick throws, which is fine. But you got to be able to hit more often than not. And if you're an offense that has these 15 to 17 play drives, you're more prone to make a mistake. And that's what the Patriots do when they have these long drives. They make these mistakes, not just the the turnovers. The turnovers are one thing, but the penalties and stuff, like the, the drive-inducing penalties, the holds, you know, just the bad plays, that's what's keeping this team back. But then again, we have Brendan Schooler, who on special teams decides to block a field goal. I mean, that was pretty cool. Not going to lie. That, that was the coolest play. The other thing I want to say, cut the shit with the screens. They haven't worked all damn year so far. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> that's it. The other point is, stop running it up the damn middle. This is not Josh McDaniels' offense. Stop looking like it. I think they want to. I think they want to get back to some of those offensive principles. That's the problem. And let's talk about they, this. They, that's not how you succeed in the today's NFL, by rushing it up the damn middle. This is a passing league now. And that's like, where someone they, should tell Bill. Someone should tell both Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick, hey, this is a passing league now. It's not a rushing league anymore. Maybe let's start coming up with some better passing plays. And I think part of the problem is the fact that on the offensive line, it's not healthy. Right, and it's not healthy. Think about it. Send send Calvin Anderson to the sun. Yeah, literally. Not even to the the moon. To the sun. Sign Leo Collins. That's what you should do. Because then you would have Brown, Strange, Andrews, and Wenu Collins. That's all is great. He's great and all, but he's not the same, you know, player that he was a couple of years ago. He was one of the best in the league. He's not, but he can still be better than what you have currently for the Patriots tackles. And let's let's take a look at something else too. So in the Eagles game, Ramondre Stevenson, 12 carries for 25 yards. A little bit over two yards a carry. And then in the Dolphins game, Ramondre Stevenson, a little bit better, 15 carries for 50 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So what's that? 24, sorry, 27 carries for 75 yards, a little over two and a half. That's not going to do it. You need more production from Ramondre Stevenson, and you need more production from Ezekiel Elliott. When Matt Jones has more rushing yards than you, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a huge goddamn problem. That is a problem. And Zeke's only gotten 12 carries so far in two games. So he's not going to get a lot of problems. My opinion. Yeah, especially what was he brought in to do? He was brought in to help with the pass blocking game, which is fine. But also on those third and short situations, give him the ball. Now, let me give ask you this. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Did they mess up and give him money to Zeke and then, instead of maybe going after another lineman? Am I allowed to play both sides of the fence or do I have to pick one definitive side? You can say whatever you'd like. All right, so I'm going to play both sides of the fence. I'm going to say yes and no. I think they made the mistake because... They should have added better quality offensive linemen as opposed to Riley Reed and Calvin Anderson and then making these trades for these offensive tackles that we're not going to see a lot of, Vidarian Lowe and Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Lowe actually didn't have a bad night, though. He didn't. You didn't hear his name, which is a good thing for offensive linemen. When you don't hear their names, yeah. unless they're pancaking someone, then that's a good sign. Lowe had a good night. He did. So put him at right tackle then and put Trent Brown back at left tackle and Calvin Anderson comes off the bench. That's what it should be, but I don't think that's going to happen. But to answer your, the other part of your question, 
I'm going to say no because Zeke does fill a need if you use him correctly, which means don't just use him to pass block. Use him again. I'm going to repeatedly say this, but it's so true. Use him in short yardage situations. And you had plenty of situations. That third and one third pass. Down, he should be the third down. He, Stevenson should be on first and second down. If you get the third down, put, put Elliott in there. Or if you really want to screw with the defenses, put them both in there. <laughs> yep, go a little 12 personnel. Two two tight ends, two running backs, and a receiver. But, you know, that's Fine. too complicated for a Patriots offense. So I don't know, because they were running some 12 personnel. But anyways, let's let's not get off topic with that. But Or making sense, I should say, is too complicated for this team right now. But keep going. Maybe. Enemy's fired up about these uh these two Patriots uh, losses, which I am too. But I'm just like That's ridiculous. You have two chances to win the both games. You could be two and all right now, but instead, you know, you want to be zero and two because you can't figure out to not be down ten goddamn nothing immediately. Yes, and that's again, that's the Achilles heel right now. It's putting yourselves in a bad hole because it's been the same formula, right? You get down two scores early, then you battle your way into the game, then you give the fans hope, and at the end, you find a way to screw it up. And you can't find ways to screw it up anymore. The perfect example that I can think of, the Patriots were down seven. Tua throws a bomb down the left side of the of the field. Christian Gonzalez picks it. Picks it. I can't. Which is great to see, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Gonzo. He's, he's having a hell of a two games so far. I think overall, I think on PFF or something, he's the like third or fourth like best ranked cornerback in the entire league right now. Pretty good. What? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow he fell to 17 to New England. Thank you. We can thank Bill Belichick for that one. That one, it looks like. We can also thank the Washington Commanders for picking Emmanuel Forbes instead of Gonzalez. Yeah, that's true, too. That's very yeah, thanks, true. Thank you, thank you, Commanders, for picking the crappier. Well, not the crappier. Uh, Forbes is good on his own, but. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, basically, for picking the lesser of the two. Uh, people should bet. Um... Christian Gonzalez get a pick against the Commanders when that game comes around because he might have a little, uh, little intrinsic motivation. But to kind of just re- to put a bow on this Dolphins game, again, it's a lot of the same stuff that we talked about with the Eagles. You had a quarterback that didn't really play. I'll say this. Tua played better than Jalen Hurts. Tua played pretty well. He didn't play perfect. But for the most part, made the plays when he needed to. And it also shows the amount of talent the gap of talent and amount of talent between the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Dolphins trot out. Dolphins alone. They are. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, they had Braxton Berrios as their number three receiver. He was making plays. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots. Patriots le- legend, Braxton Berrios. Yeah, there you go. And then you have, you know, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, who... They're they're fine, but they can't create any separation. No, but they're just not as good they used to be. Considering the NFL landscape, they're on the older side. They are. Mm -hmm. And I have Juju. Yeah, Juju's like 28. But even still, he's had seven, eight years in the league. I think he said it was his seventh year in the league. That's why he wears number seven. Yeah, it's his seventh year in the league. Holy shit, is it really? Yeah, it is. That's why he wears number seven. That's part of my God. That was a quick seven years. I know. It's crazy. But, again, regardless, you have to work with what you have. There are pieces in place. It's not like this team is like the Arizona Cardinals. This team has pieces in place. But you have to do things the right way. And you have to 
play the game the right way. You have to play the way that the old Patriots played in the sense of no turnovers, no stupid penalties, and don't give your opponents extra opportunities. And again, so I'm, I'm going to go back to it. I know we got sidetracked a little bit, but Tua throws the pick to Christian Gonzalez, and then two plays later, Mac takes a sack because the line can't hold up. And it's you go three and out in that opportunity. And it drives you nuts as a fan because we both knew that when Raheem Mostert ran for that 43-yard touchdown run, put the Dolphins up 24-10, we both said, this game's over. But then they then the Patriots come down and score. They get the stop they need, and then they're driving down the field. And and I and I, I don't know about you, Maddie, but I literally said to myself, all right, how do they screw this up? Yep, and sure, that's what I said. And sure enough, they screwed it up by, and it's not Mike Jasicki's fault. If he turns to the right, and dives, he might get the first down, but that's a tough angle anyway. And shout out to the Dolphins defender for wrapping up Jasicki, making sure he couldn't get the first down. And then Jasicki did the right thing. He threw the ball up and he said, someone try to make a play, keep the game alive. And you almost did. But it shouldn't come down to an offensive lineman having to get a yard to keep your game alive. You shouldn't be in that position. So again, take care of the football. Plain and simple. And I'm not blaming Mac Jones for the offense or like woes and everything. Like, yes, he's made his mistakes, but compared to last year, way much you see a huge difference in the timing, in the scheme, the way he's taking pressure. I know you said earlier you don't like it. I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I think he's starting to learn how to deal with the pressure. And I haven't seen much improvement so far, but maybe that's just me. And that's fine. But he's buying into the system more. And when he's bought in, you saw what happened in 2021 when he bought in, he looked really good. And I think he's going to be fine as the season goes along. Anything else you want to talk about with the Miami game before we get into the Jets game? Good to go. Pitiful. Pitiful insult. They got to stop trying to, try to you know, look good with five minutes left in the game. They got to stop that. Stop putting yourself in the middle. Why not build a lead? You know, especially, you got the Jets this week who... Yeah, they're coming off of a loss to Dallas. Obviously, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, he'll throw three picks while thinking of all of his mom's best friends. And um, so let's talk about take advantage of this. Take advantage of it this week. So they got a good defense, and um, you know a lot of people thought, oh, like Jesus, Maddie, let me do the predict. Let me do the pregame. Uh, I'm getting into it. God, uh, oh, you're good. You're good. Keep going. I'm just give you a hard time. Keep going. Yeah, like, a lot of people think Sauce Gardner might have been able to have a sophomore slump this year. He's looked good through yep. two games. And look at his two assignments that he had: Steph, Stephon Diggs, and Ceedee Lamb, two of the top receivers in the league. Um, Ceedee Lamb had 142 yards on on, uh, on Sunday, but all of those yards were when he was not lined up against against Gardner. Gardner's given up, I think, four catches this year for 36 yards or something like that. Okay. He's, you know, he's he's on another level this year again. So, he is. So let's let's preview this game. So Mac, don't throw to him because you know that that's a pick waiting to happen. It is. So let's get into it. So Patriots at the Jets, Week Three, one o'clock start at Matt Wright. First road game of the year for our New England Patriots. They're going to be on the road for the next two weeks. At the Jets and then at Dallas in week four. That's going to be tough. Just taking a look at the game real quick. The Patriots are actually favored in this game. So they're favored by two and a half. So the Patriots are minus two and a half and then over under 36 and a half. So a lot of people are expecting a low scoring game. 
Which, I am. Which is to be expected, right? <laughs> Especially with two defenses. Hell yeah, there's not going to be a lot of scoring in this game. It is. And you know what? I'll give the Jets their credit. They have good. Ru- they have a good running game. They have a good number one receiver in Garrett Wilson. They have a really good defense, especially that defensive line. Once again, Patriots offensive line going to be tested. So hopefully, Trent Brown can be back, so that way you can have four of your five offensive linemen that are good actually out there and playing at the same time. Because again, you got to stop having injuries to the offensive line. I know injuries happen, but you got to get them healthy, so that way they can actually protect. Because both the guards. Um... They're, re- you know, la- last week, okay, you got Christian Wilkins, who's pretty good. He, he had to deal with, um, what's his name? Bradley Chubb, too, who's a good. Now you get Quinnen Williams, yep. who, you know, he's by far one of the best um, defensive linemen in the league, if not the best. He's one of them. Uh, I'm probably, you know, he's going to be in discussion for defensive player of the year at the end of the year. And... You know, we saw what Cole Strange did last week. We did. He can't be doing that against Quinnen Williams. Otherwise, Quinnen Williams is going to have 3, 4, 10, 20, 30 sacks in this game if Strange does that again. So, Quinnen Williams scares me. He does. It's rare that I say that if someone on the Jets scares me, he scares me. He's a monster. He, he, he He's someone that could do some... No, I'm not going to say injury kind of damage here, but he's someone that could ruin an offensive game plan. Okay, so with so with that information, right? So the team the defense is very very good for the Jets. The Patriots also have a very good defense. I know it didn't seem like it, but again, you think about the Dolphins game, right? Seven of those points came after a turnover, right around I think like the 40 yard line or so. So really, the defense gave up truthfully maybe 17 points. The defense is going to show up. I'm going to tell you something. Yep. Gotta have to. Who's the quarterback for the Jets now? It's Zach. Zach Wilson. He'll be thinking about all of his mom's best friends as he's throwing picks left and right. Or he'll be like Sam Darnold and he'll be seeing ghosts. So who knows what's going to happen with that? <laughs> but Zach Wilson is not going to beat you. The way that the Jets are going to beat the Patriots, the only way is if Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook get going, which they very well could. Reese Hall looks like he could be a comeback player of the year candidate. And Dalvin Cook still has some engine left in those legs of his. He's not even that old. He's not. But they're just not they're not using Minnesota stupidly got rid of him for no reason. So with that, this is this is what I think. I think the way that you beat this team, you have to put pressure on Zach Wilson. He will make mistakes. That's number one. I actually wish Devin McCourty would unretire for this game because he had Zach Wilson's number. He always used to pick off Zach Wilson. Remember that? Mm-hmm. But oh, but you don't, you don't, you don't think Christian Gonzalez is going? Come on now, he could. I don't know. But, well, but, with McCourty, but with Devin McCourty, you knew it was a guarantee. Yeah, we all know who Gonzalez is lining up against on Sunday. We all know who it's Garrett Wilson. He's going to line up against. Oh, it's one hundred percent going to be Garrett Wilson. Thousands. So the, the Wilson, the Wilson connection that they're still trying to fig- get, get going. Yeah, Gonzalez is going to be all over that on Sunday. Hopefully. And you know Hopefully. what? If you can get Jonathan Jones back in this game, and it was big on having Jonathan Jones in the Miami game because Jonathan Jones does a decent job against Tyreek Hill. If you can get him back on Sunday, that makes it even better because you just lost Marcus Jones, too, with a shoulder injury. So now you're down to what? I have an update on that. I haven't seen an update. I haven't seen an update yet either. But now, right, if you're down Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones, you have Christian Gonzalez 
and then Sean Wade, Miles Bryant. Like, you might have to play a three-safety defense again like you did a little bit on Sunday night against the Dolphins. But with that all in mind, let's get into some score predictions. Maddie, I'm going to let you go first. What's your score prediction for this game? I'm going to go with a, uh, let's see. I'll do seven, 17 to, like, 10. I think Patriots win this game, 17-10. May I ask you a question? Yeah? Can you dig inside my mind? Can I seriously do it again this week? Yep. I had 17-10 Patriots. Oh, my God. I think this is three weeks in a row. We've picked the same score pretty much. Two weeks. Oh, sorry. We all, all, well, because week one, I had the blowout, and that didn't happen, obviously. And then now two straight weeks, we've had practically the same score. I think you got 26-24, and I had 27-24. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We were off by one. But anyways, yeah, so... I think you're I think you're spot on. I think the Patriots they're only going to put up 17 to 20 points, but I think this defense is going to ball out against Zach Wilson. They're going to make his life a living nightmare. I would love to see because we got from from Gonzalez we got his first sack week one, his first pick week two. I'd love to see a I'd see a, I'd love to see a pick six or something. Ooh, a little pick six. I would love that. I'd, I'd love to see a pick six from Gonzo, and then that really probably establishes him for. Definitely, he's. I mean, my opinion right now, he's the defensive rookie of the year right now. If if the season ended right now, it's him. But no, I'm going to say this: if you don't win on Sunday, then you can start talking about. I don't want to say the T word, but you know, people might be talking about it around here. I wouldn't say that yet. It's if hard they lose on Sunday, if they lose on Sunday, it's, it'd be hard not to bring it up. But I wouldn't say it yet because I know the following week is also going to be a loss to Dallas. Exactly. And that's part of the problem. But after Dallas is when you start talking about it, if they are 0 and 4 going into that game against New Orleans, who looks pretty damn good, by the way. Really? Because they didn't look that good against Carolina on Monday Night Football. Well, dude, when you, when you look at how Monday Night has gone for the past couple of uh, games dating back to last year, nothing good happens in these games anymore. It doesn't. But the Carolina Panthers are a team that's totally rebuilding. I I think the Panthers are a team on the rise. I think they are. Yeah, but they're a couple years away. I think. I think they're like two, three years away. Don't you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I I think, you know, with obviously you know the surprise two and zero of Tampa, and then you know New Orleans being two and zero too. If that didn't, didn't happen, it wouldn't surprise me if Carolina could walk away as the as the NFC South champions. But then again, you really only need to win like seven, eight games to win that division. So, <laughs> so we'll Let's see what happens. I, oh. You know, New Orleans and Carolina, I think they, they always play each other tough, though. So, yeah, because it's a it's, it's, it's week two. But yeah. It's, it's, week, it's week two. You know, it's it's really, truly still tough to say, all right, this team is good, this team is bad. Because, for example, if you look at who the remaining undefeated teams are in, in the NFL, two of them are from the AFC, the Dolphins and the Ravens. When you look at the NFC, I mean, the Commanders are 2-0, uh, the Cowboys are 2-0, the Eagles are 2-0. Three, three out of the four NFC East teams are 2-0. 49ers. 40, I mean, 49ers look like, look like they can win it all this year. They do. If they stay healthy, I think they got a really good shot. Just keep Brock. 49ers, 2-0. Uh, Tampa's 2-0. There's two other teams I don't remember. All right. So we picked our score predictions. So we're good We're good with the Patriots, right? Yeah, we're good with the Patriots. Pray to God they figure it out. Otherwise, next week we might be having a few. Very well could be. But 
You know where you're not going to have a funeral, where you're actually going to have a good time? I almost went. I'm not even kidding you. The day that they announced it, because I don't want to say what it is, I almost went to Fenway then, just so I could see what it was like there. <laughs> A and B, Kitchen and Bar, A and B, Kitchen and Burgers. Ah, um, uh, you got me. <laughs> uh, um, the meals to the locally crafted beers and everything else that A and B, Kitchen and Bar has to offer you. Bunch of surround sound TV so you can sound like you're at the game without actually being at the game. So make sure to check out A and B Kitchen and Bar in Boston, A and B Burgers in Beverly, and tell them that the Legends Boys sent you down. Shout out to our friends at A and B Kitchen Bar and A and B Burgers. All right, Maddie, you want to celebrate something good that happened? Yeah, you know I feel like we should celebrate this with some, with like a nice big fire and other things. You know, it's funny you mentioned yeah, fire. Around the campfire. <laughs> the sing our campfire song. Yeah, it'll be a fire. Yeah, so what you saw. There you go. Good old, good old SpongeBob reference. But we can, we, <laughs> we can celebrate, Maddie, because Heimbloom is gone. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So Heimbloom. It probably will. <laughs> it probably will. And he'll be like, oh, that's my next catcher for another team that I'll ruin. All right. So, for anybody that missed it, Heim Bloom fired by the Red Sox on Thursday, late morning to early afternoon. There is no immediate replacement for the baseball operations position for the Red Sox yet. Sam Kennedy had the press conference, and basically, I'm going to paraphrase it. They were appreciative of what Heim did, but they also understand that they need someone that can help them in win-now mode. So, just to kind of kick off this conversation, Maddie, when you take a look at Heim Bloom's tenure... I think it's a little bit unfair to only criticize Heim Bloom when he was put in a really difficult position because the ownership told him stand to the luxury tax, be competitive and develop our farm system. That's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Now with that, the moves that Heim Bloom made and didn't make, were the reason that I think he lost his job. Because let's run through the timeline of events, right? So Bloom takes over September 2019. Then the COVID year happens. Between his hiring and the COVID year, he trades Mookie Betts. Now you think about the return on that, right? Alex Verdugo, he's an MLB... Be gone by, by, uh, by next season. Yep, so he's an MLB starter. He's a fringe starter, and he's going to be, you know, he's he's not an all-star, but he's not terrible. He's just, he's very mediocre. And he might even be gone next year, like you said. Jeter Downs got DFA'd. Connor Wong is your starting catcher now, and he's starting to show signs with the bat and has a good arm. But if you're telling me Connor Wong is the centerpiece of that trade, then you lost that trade. Yeah, uh- well, especially too when you see, okay, let's let's see what has Mookie done versus what the three guys have done here in Boston. Mookie has, I think he won an NL MVP, if memory serves me right, and also World Series too. On top of that, granted, COVID year, I know, but still, World Series, he won it. World Series, World Series, World Series, you won it, you won it. So yes, but then you take a look at the other moves, right? You got Kyle Schwarber at the trade deadline, which was a great move, but you couldn't sign up. But, no, not even that. If Schwarber wasn't hurt, does Heim go and make that move? Absolutely not. You know he doesn't. There's no way. 
And then you take a look at some of the other things, right? You signed Hunter Renfro. He had a great 2021. You traded him. Fine, you want to trade him when his value is as high as it can be. That's fine. But you trade him for Jackie Bradley Jr., who you later DFA'd in that 2022 season. You do move. At the time, it's like, oh, cool, JBJ's back. But then you're in, you're like, ah. I didn't even say cool. I was like, what are they doing? But anyways. Like, I like J- I like JBJ. I like him defensively, but you know he can't swing the bat. And that's what I knew. I, I said, I understand why they're doing this move, but I don't like it. But then look at the other Renfro, moves. Renfro let it up. And, but look at the other moves, right? 2022, the trade deadline comes and goes. You trade Christian Vasquez. Yes, you get Emmanuel Valdez and William Abreu, which it looks like they're going to be part of the future. That's great. But you trade away your catcher. You did not trade Nathan Eovaldi. You did not trade J.D. Martinez. And then he ended up leaving when you could have gotten value for them. And then this year... Go ahead. They also get a... What's his name? <laughs> Who was the first baseman we got? What's his name? Tristan Casas? No. Uh, oh, Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Yeah. But Hosmer was decent here. Hosmer was decent here. But he was never a part of the long-term plans because they knew Tristan Casas. At least maybe give, him one, give him one or two years. I I was fine with Eric Hosmer leaving because I knew Tristan Casas was going to be good. But again, you had Bobby Dahlbeck back in 2021 who had a great second half of the year. You could have traded him and gotten pieces because of the log jam that you had with Tristan Casas and with the outfielders. And now Bobby Dahlbeck stuck. And then 2022, again, you trade Vasquez, you don't trade J.D. Martinez, you don't trade Nathan Evaldi, you don't trade the veterans that are going. And then in 2023, you're told, get below the luxury tax. And you had the opportunity. So there was a couple rumors here, right? There was the one rumor that Alex Verdugo could have been traded to the Yankees for Clark Schmidt. That was one rumor that was on the table. There was another one that Justin Turner could have gone, excuse me, to the Marlins at the trade deadline for Edward Cabrera and prospects. There was the us. And the other one, and this is the big one, you could have traded Chris Sale. And I listen, you know how big of a Chris Sale guy I am. One of my favorite. You love Sale. You love Sale. I do. One of my favorite pitchers and baseball players of all time. They could have traded Chris Sale to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers would have taken his whole contract for the next two years, and you would have gotten the prospects back. And the trade doesn't go through because you want better prospects. And then instead, your only move at the deadline is Luis Urias at second base. Yes. Was, yeah. At best. The reason that Hein Bloom got fired, and I'm taking tidbits here. You forgot a big one. But uh, even though he didn't have a good year this year. Where's Xander? Yeah, not re-signing. Saying. Signing Trevor Story to a six-year contract, which hopefully he still plays out. He's got four more years in that contract, but he's been hurt for a majority of this year. So this 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 is the this is you know, every contract has a third year. This is the third year for him. Yeah, he was injured last year too, for for a good chunk of it. But anyways, here's the point. Heim Bloom and and some there were some members of the Red Sox uh like sources and stuff that basically said Heinblum's big thing was he was indecisive about these moves. Like he was wondering, did he make the right moves by signing Trevor Story to that contract, to signing Masataka Yoshida to a five-year, $85 million deal? If you're a GM, you cannot second-guess those moves. Once you do them, you got to stick with them and you got to be confident. Yep. But guess what? 
Heim Bloom is not the guy who leads you to a World Series. No. He is perfect for what he did in building the farm system. That's what you can do. Look what he did with the, look what he did with the Rays. Yep. He was part of it with the Rays. And wherever he goes next, and, and there was somebody online, I forget who it was, that said maybe he could even go to the Phillies and help rebuild their farm system. Because look at what happened with the Red Sox. Dave Dombrowski comes in, wins a World Series, depletes the farm system, gets fired. And then he's in Philadelphia. Heim Bloom comes into Boston, rebuilds the farm system. Wouldn't surprise me if Heim went to Philly, rebuilt that farm system, and did kind of the same thing. Because the Phillies, are no, I don't know if they're in win-now mode any longer. Last year was their year to do it, and they didn't do it. I mean, they're in the they're you know it looks like they're gonna go to the playoffs this year though. So we'll it is, but but they're not getting through the Braves or the Dodgers. Braves or the Dodgers are the two. Yeah, it's either gonna be the Braves or the Dodgers for for that I'll wrap this year. But yeah, but and, but again, weirder shits happening in playoff baseball. So it has. So with that, right? Pine Bloom deserves to be gone. For those that are saying, well, he should they should have seen it through at least, given him this offseason. No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Do not give him this offseason. I don't care that they're under the luxury tax. He had the opportunities in 2021, 2022, and pretty much all of 2023, <laughs> excuse me, to make moves. And the opportunities that he had to make moves and the moves he didn't end up making ended up costing the Red Sox in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You had the, the, you know, you had the outlier year 2021 where everything went right. You found a way to beat the Rays in the ALDS, and you were probably a strike call away from going to the World Series, mm -hmm. which is great. But when you go to the ALCS in 2021, don't you think ownership should have been like, you know what, I'm, let's think about this. We just got to the ALCS against the Astros. We're very athletic. We're very, we're very good. We're a content, we were a contender last year. So let's add on to that. Let's get Bogart to resign. Let's bring in a couple big pieces and let's see if we can push for it. Instead, you decided to go backwards. So well, you take so you take out that 2021 year, Maddie. So 19, 20, 22, and now 23. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. You missed the playoffs for the last five years. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that. And you finished last in the division. That is unacceptable with the payroll that you have. You're almost a top 10 payroll. You should be able to compete for playoff spots if not championships. That's just what Boston is. I hate to sound like that spoiled Boston sports fan, but when you have a payroll, use it. Exactly. I agree with you. Now, let's talk replacements. <laughs> okay. So, Bloom's... I got a name. I know I told you off air. I got a name, but I got a name. You got a name? All right, so I'll start with you. Who's one name, and I think I know which name you're going to go with, one of two, and I'll say the other one if you don't. Who's the name that you got? Mike Hazen from Arizona. Uh, he worked under Charrington here in Boston. Um, look at Arizona this year. It took them a little bit, but still, look at them this year. Came out of nowhere this year, and they look good. They're competing for a playoff spot. Um, I know with the Cubs <laughs> of all teams, but um, but still, look at what he did. He could bring bring him back to Boston. Bring him back. Yes, he worked under Charrington and Charrington. You know that that was just a, that was a fun time, but still. So, bring him home, bring him home. He, you know, he's he's local. He's from he's from uh, he's from Weymouth. Bring him home. He is. So he's an Abington High graduate. Yeah, Words, he went to Princeton for college. Yeah, worked for the Red Sox in 2015, 2016. Yeah, 
has has the experience, and you know what? That would be the logical fit. I think the Diamondbacks president was like, yeah, that'd be a tough conversation to have, and that would be tough. Like, we brought him here for a reason. So I don't think they're going to get Hazen. I would love to see them here. That's a great name to throw out there. I have another, like, thing. I, you know, Bye. find someone that maybe, I don't know, you know, this guy's you know, the most sodded free agent in forever, seems like. Find someone that maybe show hey, what Tommy likes. You know, if you want to, if you want to put, um, you know, you want to bring fans to Fenway. I know fans like going to Fenway anyway, but still, if you want to put asses in seats in Fenway, if you want to, um, if you want to also um, get someone who is arguably one of the best players in baseball, if not the best. I know he's got the UCL injury, um, but still, bring him here. Find someone that maybe he likes to bring him here and not build your team around him, but have him just be part of the future. Because, again, I know UCL injury, probably not pitching next year. Don't need to sign him to a $700 million contract. But still, bring him, bring him here. Couple other don't let him go. Don't let him go to the Yankees. Because, you know, the Yankees are going to offer him uh, 10 yachts, um, probably like VIPs to every gentleman club in New York, um, and also probably, you know, $100 million. You know they're gonna do, oh, you know, hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars at minimum, and then at maximum probably like nine hundred million. So the guy's gonna make almost a billion dollars probably if he goes to the Yankees. Somehow you gotta outbid the Yankees. So a couple things with that, right? So with Shohei Otani, so there was actually a report that just came out literally like 15, 20 minutes ago. So Heimblum, or Heimblum, Shohei Otani had successful surgery, will be ready to DH in twenty twenty four, but will not pitch until twenty twenty five. So if you That's sign right. him, he's you sign great him. with the bat. He's great with the bat. Right. So you sign him, you're going to have to wait a year before he pitches for you, which is That's fine. fine. <laughs> I've been worth being patient for with him. Look at the Angels were patient with him, and he's turned out pretty damn well there. A couple other names that have been floating around for potential replacements for Bloom: Brandon Gollums, who was a former MLB pitcher and is the current general manager of the Dodgers, Fall River native, so he is a Massachusetts guy. Oh, I started to see. Isn't he from Massachusetts too? <laughs> yep. Uh, Chris Antonetti, who is the Guardians president of baseball operations, but doesn't look like he will be interested in the job. And then David Forrest, Athletics GM, who, uh, no offense, like I don't want any GM from the Oakland Athletics. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Unless it was like Billy Bean, but uh, otherwise, no thank you. Like, I think Brandon Gomes could be the guy because look at what he's done with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a very good farm system. And obviously, they're competing for World Series championships almost every year. Yeah, Period. they're a good team. And this every year. year, and this could be the year. By the way, they actually win it all too. Once again, I always say that every year, but this seriously could be a year where they win it all again. They need to because Dave Roberts. I don't know how much. Um, I don't know. Job yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's good. It's obviously you know just to give a small preview of the MLB playoffs. But it's like it's clearly going to be between them and the Dodgers in the. Uh, in the NL and the AL, it's who, who freaking knows in the AL, but so it's clearly the winner of the Dodgers. Assuming that both the Dodgers and the Braves get to the NLCS, and that's the NLCS that all of us are going to be watching every night that they play. Um, that's clearly, you know, clearly that whoever wins this series is probably going to win the World Series this year, unless if it is Baltimore from the AL, since Baltimore has turned into a powerhouse. So, with that, right, I think this is going to be a fun offseason. Because I think that they're going to make yeah. some moves. They're going to make yeah. some moves. We're, we're going to spend some money in the offseason. 
Because guess what? They finally got below the luxury tax. That's the whole thing they wanted to do. They got a guy who isn't, isn't, they're going to get a guy who isn't scared to spend money either. And he's not afraid to make decisions. Yeah, then they're going to tell, they're going to get a guy who's going to tell John Henry, hey, I actually care about this team, unlike you. So I don't know if anybody's going to say that. But yes, they're going to show that they want to win now. And the ownership has shown that they want to win now by making this move of firing Bloom. So you know what? I'm fine with being on the fence, uh, being on the side of, you know what? I'm glad he's gone. Because again, I can't take the inconsistencies. I can't take the indecisiveness. Choose your direction. That's what we kept saying for three years. Never chose a direction. You essentially chose a direction without choosing a direction. You chose to be directionless and be stuck in the middle. You're not absolutely terrible like a, a 50 and 112 baseball team, but you're not a playoff team. You're stuck in that purgatory. So I hope this offseason... They go out and they sign a couple starting pitchers and they go out and sign another outfielder and they keep the bullpen, keep the bullpen as is, add a couple starters, add another bat, and rock in 2024. Let me ask you this. We talked about him real quick and I just want a quick yes or no answer. Alex Verdugo, is he a Red Sox in 2024? No. Now that Hive now is officially gone, no. I don't think so either. I think, I think the outfield they're going to rock with for a little bit is they're going to go with Yoshida, they're going to go with Duran, and they're going to go with Rafaela, and they're going to go with Snyder. Or uh, Ref Snyder, Rob Ref Snyder, sorry. But I think they're going to go with those four guys. They might bring back Adam Duvall for a one-year deal, maybe. But if you bring him back... He's a good power hitter. He's a good power hitter. He is, but he should not be a starting outfielder. Unless you don't think... Unless you don't think Raphael is ready. You utilize that. <laughs> Maybe. Unless you think Raphael is not ready to fully be in the big leagues, or Jaron Duran's injury is longer than we anticipated to be. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that I would bring back Duval. Otherwise, I'd be good with the young kids in Ref Snyder and Yoshida. And then you go from there. Yeah. So. Happy days, hopefully, ahead for the Red Sox. It's going to be a fun offseason. I can't wait to talk about it once it gets rolling, especially when MLB free agency starts in, like, December. Oh, boy, is it. Oh, you and Powder are going to, oh, man, you and Powder are going to be, like, on here jumping up and down every week. Oh, yes, we are. You'll be jumping up and down, too. The Red Sox make a big signing. Well, yes, I will. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my days of jumping up and down are over, but, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll do the shoulder thing where you'll just bounce up and down like that. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Heimblum before we kind of wrap up the episode? Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> All right, so in conclusion. Na, 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 na. Hey, 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 Bloom is gone. There you go. So just to kind of wrap everything up, Patriots 0-2, big game against the Jets on Sunday. Bloom gone. A lot of moves that can be questioned for years, but a new direction looks like it's coming for the Red Sox very, very soon. Anything else you want to bring up, Maddie, before we uh, head out for the week? Uh, Celtics coming up soon. That's fun. They are. Celtics going to be starting up. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to. Uh, is it? What is it? Like a month away? Something like that? Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick. Holy crap! That was that was a fast off season. It was. And you know what? There haven't been a lot of big moves. The uh, the one big move was the Porzingis deal, obviously. But once the Celtics get like rolling with like media day. And preseason and everything, then we'll start to get into that, that. That's when I started to get excited about basketball. One other thing: this Friday, Red Sox, White Sox. Um, Fenway Park is turning into Kenway Park for uh, for Barbie Night. 
That's, that's important. <laughs> that's just important. Nice little pun there. Good job. That, that's a thing. I'm not kidding. I know it. I know. I saw it. I saw that they're doing uh, they're doing um, Barbie night on Friday. Anything else before we head off for the week, Batty? Um, no, other than, you know, I'd just like to point out that I've had perfect attendance since I have been here, unlike, a, you know, unlike another co-host of ours, who I'm playing in fantasy football this week, so he's like, he's scared of me. You know what? Let's update the folks in the fantasy football league real quick. Yeah, I'm two and oh, shut up. All right, so real quick, because it was actually the commissioner, my brother, who wanted us to talk about it real quick, so the Trashy Jelly, jo- jelly Donuts Fantasy Football League after two weeks is as follows in the East Division. Wally J Hot 2-0. Whoa. Uh Isaac Ramos, one billion num- money signed K. Uh one and one. Uh Charles Capone. One and one. Whoa. Ide Park Gallery, aka Diego Galvis, 0 and 2. I can't build him. Yes, you can. Uh, I like Diego, so no. Oh, I, I, I did it for you. Pansy. All right. Other records. So down the West Division, uh, Tom Powder Cadmus, our beloved co-host who we miss, is one and one. Andrew, what did you say? Sucks. <laughs> Andrew O'Connor, one and one. Sucks. Uh, Ocean Gate Titans, Matty Burnett, oh and two. Yeah, yeah flowing and down, oh and two. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I forgot someone. Uh, me, Alvin Higian, Redemption Tour 2023. More wins already this year than they had all last year. 2-0. Oh, good job, man. Good job, Bill. You knew what kind of to pick this year. So proud of you for guessing right. Wow, it takes a lot of talent. <laughs> Maddie's just mad because I beat him last week. Dude, when you saw, like, the numbers that my team was putting up, I knew I was going to lose immediately. Getting revenge from last year. Now I just got to continue to beat everybody else. Redemption mm-hmm. War 2023. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Lingo Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere else where you can get your podcast. Make sure to check out everything going on at studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out Maddie's podcast, the Bernie and Chris podcast. Maddie, wait. Elliot, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you think I'm unhinged on this one, oh Lord, you should be listening to Bernie and Chris. Me and Chris, we're probably going to pop off about, uh, about um, what happened to the NFL this week, so. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right. So for Matty B, I'm your host, Al. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 240. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.